In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear family, today we celebrate the queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So you would think, wouldn't you? Maybe just a little snarky moment. You would think, wouldn't you, that the daily readings from the USCCB might give us, as the primary readings for the day, the readings centered around our Blessed Mother. Nope. It takes clicking on a link to go and find them. What's interesting about that, dear family, providential really, is that the primary readings offered by the USCCB includes the gospel where, quote, Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples saying, the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation rabbi. Somewhat ironic, don't you think? In contrast to such scribes and Pharisees then as now, we have as our example of humility, Mary. Pure and lonely. And we call her blessing. We are privileged to call her our blessed mother. It's the meaning of the gospel today. Our blessed mother, dear family, we are privileged. Maybe we should coin a new term and start using it every day, everywhere. Catholic privilege. Let's apply that to today. There's so many raging godless anarchists out there spouting off their inanity about this privilege and that privilege. Your family, it is time that we recognize a real privilege, a genuine privilege. A privilege to call Mary. Our blessed mother. By the way, I got more sleep last night. You know, it's always an issue. The only thing stopping this from being a slightly longer barn burner is time. By the way, as an aside, related, very much related. Sometimes I hear confessed as a sin. All priests hear this, these sins. Jealousy and envy. And when this happens, I try to give this as a spiritual direction, as a, as a meditation for the penitent to take to prayer. And it explains the difference between a faithful, privileged Catholic and everybody else. Everybody else, whether they like to hear it or not. Here's the difference. The difference between being a faithful, privileged Catholic and being, say, for instance, part of the godless left-wing Anarchists. For the faithful, privileged Catholic, we're, we're not defined 
by personal characteristics, nor by socioeconomic standards. The point of the meditation regards around on several issues where a person is comparing and despairing, hence jealousy, envy. Jealousy and envy brings on comparing and despairing. We've talked about the danger of comparing because in our human nature, we always seem to compare ourselves to other humans who, th- who we think, for whatever reason, have more of what we don't have in terms of personal characteristics or socioeconomic standards. And isn't that exactly what the godless left-wing attack is all about? Jealousy and envy over an alleged privilege defined in terms of personal characteristics or socioeconomic standards. So when started the meditation to ask the penitent to ask himself or herself, well, does God love Bill Gates more than me? Because Gates has billions and billions. I, I read somewhere, it was kind of a cute way to put it. He says, if you dropped a hundred dollar bill on the ground, it, it would, he would waste more time trying to pick that up than he was going to make in the few seconds that it would take. Better he does something else. All that money. Bill Gates has billions and billions, and I struggle to pay the utilities. Is it possible, therefore, that God loves Bill Gates more than me? No, dear family. The faithful Catholic is privileged to know that it is going to be harder for Gates to get into heaven for that, for that big old camel to get through the eye of the needle. Especially when, as we know, Gates is so proud of the fact that his father was head of a Planned Parenthood. Remember, you cannot get good fruit from an evil tree. What if we, what if we apply Jesus' teaching? appropriately, accurately. Recognize it for what it is. Gates' mission in life is all about population control, and he thinks nothing about artificial limitations on birth, such as pushing artificial contraception and abortion on African nations. Let's, let's make sure they don't reproduce. Let's make sure they don't have too many kids. Why the black people of America do not see and understand that Planned Parenthood is the most racist organization on the planet. I do not know. Would our blessed mother be happy if if she came here right today? We say, hey, let's go for a walk. Blessed mother, it's good for us. Girl, you walked all that way to see St. Elizabeth. How if we go for a walk? You don't have to go that far, six miles or whatever it was. You don't have to go that far. Let's just walk up the street. And as we walk up the street, Point out, I don't know, this shop and that shop. And she says, hey, what's that? What's that Planned Parenthood all about? What do you think our Blessed Mother thinks about Bill Gates' mission in life and the most racist organization on this planet that was founded on the premise of wiping out black people? The whole, founda- the whole premise of its foundation. Get rid of black people because its founder considered them to be weeds. What would our blessed mother have to say about that? The point is, money is not a sign 
that God loves Bill Gates more than us. Same thought process applies to other personal characteristics. It just applies to like, if you look at some of the heroes of our day, Aaron Rodgers, Tiger Woods, Michael Phelps. Does our father in heaven love Michael Phelps more than us? Because Michael Phelps has something, I don't know, 20 something gold medals. And we have none. I don't think anybody in here is a gold medal winner. Does God love Michael Phelps more than us? No, dear family, no. Our Father loves each one of us individually. So much so that he sent Jesus. You know, I always struggled with this concept. Oh, Jesus, if, if we were the only ones on earth, would Jesus still have come and endured all he did just for us, just for, just for me? I always thought, well, theoretically, yeah, I guess that's what I have to believe. But I always struggle with it. But then when you understand that our father sent his son, sent his son to seek out each one of us as a lost sheep. That's what Jesus specifically taught. Jesus, our shepherd, goes looking for the one. That's, that's me. That, that's you. And then, and then heaven rejoices when... Jesus, the good shepherd, finds us and carries us home. The one. He finds the one. As so we get a, a proper picture of this, dear family, it pays to remember just how disgusting are those lost sheep made dirty and mangy in their wanderings. They look nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty picture. But they look nothing like that soft white woolly lambkin pictured on Jesus's shoulders. And it must be said, I don't think many people ponder this, that whilst being carried, those dirty mangy lost sheep tend to drool on one side and stool on the other, as it were. So the shepherd's clothing can get pretty messy. But Jesus... Jesus, the good shepherd, does not care about his clothing like we do. He cares about that. The one that's lost. Does our, does our Father in heaven care about those gold medals? And if he doesn't, why do we? Does our father love, well, let's name some current rock star. I'm, I'm so out of the loop now. Some current rock star, some Hollywood star, some handsome man or some dazzling woman and ask, does our father love that rock star or that Hollywood star more than us? No. Your family, no. Our father created each one of us in time with special talents and gifts, and we are perfect in his sight. And to say anything otherwise, to be jealous or envious because someone else has more money, is more athletic, is smarter, is better looking, is the exact same thing as saying to our Father in heaven, you did a lousy job with me.
your family, get that, get, get this. To say that is the big lie spoken whenever you hear anyone speak about this privilege or that privilege. There's no God in that. We have to recognize it for the godlessness that it is. There is no God in that. It's all about human standards, human wants. Privilege is a big lie spoken whenever you hear anyone speak about this privilege or that. And the slam dunk on all those liars is the parable of poor man Lazarus who had bad things in this life. So what? Now, as Jesus taught us, he lives in the eternal embrace of Abraham in heaven. And all those people with all these privileges are like rich man Dives, and you know what happened to him. So for the faithful, we should quit comparing and despairing and pray a lot less for things of this world, for God to fix the things of this world in our own lives, because it isn't just quite what I wanted it to be there, Father. What were you thinking? Are you paying attention, Father? Pray a lot less for things of this world and a lot more for our eternal souls for the things of the next. But dear family, we have one privilege. We do have one privilege that matters, Catholic privilege whereby we can receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus the Lord, without which we do not have life within us. And the amazing thing about this privilege, the Catholic, unlike the other privileges everybody wants to talk about, the big liars tell the big lie about, the amazing thing about this privilege, the Catholic privilege, is that every single person on the planet may be equally privileged if only they would embrace metanoia the turning back to god like the prodigal son the turning to his one and only one holy catholic and apostolic church this privilege is open to anybody and everybody let us get this straight anyone of any race creed color or tongue of any wealth intelligence athleticism or beauty stands equal before our God, our almighty father, equal in being loved by our father. And the inequality that all these privileges talk about only comes into play when we, in a very godless way, compare and despair. Which brings us back to our blessed mother. Remember her words to St. Elizabeth? Remember her Magnificat? My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessing. The almighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. Those words should be on every one of our lips. The very fact that we live and breathe and have Catholic privilege, may have eternity in his presence. That is a great thing he has done for you and for me. 
Holy is his name. Faithful priests and laity alike repeat the Magnificat, our blessed mother's words, in evening prayer every day. But so many are so confused. The many who do, even the many who do not pray that prayer, there, there seems to be a lack of recognition about what it means that the Blessed Virgin Mary was so blessed. And let's put it all, our understanding and the perspective of the cross. Do you remember? Do you remember? Because we know what happens next. This story is so, so chilling. As, as, Je as Jesus rode into town on Palm Sunday, less than a week before his passion, less than a week before he was scourged and spit on and slapped and crowned with thorns and humiliated and crucified, what were the crowds crying out? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Which can only bring to mind a paraphrase of the joke. Well, with blessings like he's about to get, who needs blessings? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and in a week we're going to kill him. Then we hear our blessed mother say to Elizabeth, from this day all generations will call me blessed. What great things has he done for Mary? What did he do by the godless standards of the godless anarchists? I mean, she was being threatened with certain execution by stoning if the secret got out. Well, that's a blessing for you. Having her heart pierced, just like Simeon said, would happen. There is a blessing for you. I was talking to somebody just this week about the fourth station of the cross where Mary meets Jesus, her beloved son, on the way. Do you remember in, in the Passion, Mel Gibson has, in that, he has a fourth station where Jesus falls. And of course, like mothers would do, she runs to him. And you see, as, as my mother always would always say, you'll always be my baby. I told you she just turned 88. I'm still her baby. She asked me the other day on the phone, how are you eating? Still concerned. She's 400 miles away. How are you eating, son? Remember in the movie, Mary, she sees Jesus falling. And the imagery that, it's just brilliant. As she runs to him, what you see is a little boy, Jesus, running, laughing, falling. And the mother runs to her son. You near know the fourth station of the cross. Next time you hear the words, blessed mother, and just think about how she was blessed. Think about what that means. Fourth station. Don't stop there. What about the station where Jesus is crucified? 
She stood, watching him gasp for every last breath. There's a blessing for you. With blessings like that, who needs blessings? Except with blessings like that, we know she is queen of heaven and earth. All the angels and saints and martyrs, she's our queen. She's our queen and our mother, so saith the gospel today. There is another Catholic privilege. We are privileged to receive our Lord, his real presence. And we are so privileged to call his mother, our mother. We, dear family, have Catholic privilege. So what are we doing with it? It's a talent that Jesus spoke about. A great gift, a great blessing, a great talent. What are we doing with our Catholic privilege? What are we doing to fulfill our purpose in life, which is to serve God? As he created us uniquely, individually, in our own special way. All the characteristics we could ever define ourselves by which, by which all, any characteristic we could define ourselves. He's created us uniquely out of pure love. We are perfect in his eyes. We've been created by him to uniquely serve us. So what are we supposed to do? Well, humble ourselves like our blessed mother did. Take all the risks. Face the risks she faced. Endure the suffering she suffered. Have our heart be pierced like she did. Allow it to happen. Humble ourselves so that we can lead others to Jesus as she did. To lead others to see that the real privilege in our humanity is not, as the anarchists would say, this privilege, that privilege. It's not certainly, certainly not found in phylacteries and lengthened tassels, the gold medals. It's not where it's found. It's not found in places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, no. The family, real privilege, the only privilege that counts. Real privilege is found in calling the queen of heaven, our mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.